0: Thank you for downloading the Friday Night Comedy Podcast from Radio 4. To find out more, visit bbc.co.uk slash radio 4. But not until you've enjoyed this week's news quiz.
1: We present the news quiz with your host, Sandy Toxby.
0: we start with a listing from this week's radio times read by charlotte green
1: fly away home delightful drama from director carol ballard in which a girl teaches orphan goslings how to fly edited for language
0: <laughs> and our thanks to chris Coatesworth of kettle for sending that in now let's meet the teams will you welcome first on my right francis ween and fred mccauley Opposite them on my left, Jeremy Hardy and Andy Hamilton. Well, it's the last in the present series, so we thought we'd kick off with a really big uh, news story. Francis, whose jazz hands are waving goodbye?
2: <laughs> well, I think you're right, this is the most important story, possibly, of the set-off a run on stock markets around the world and the UN Security Council went into emergency session um, because John Sargent didn't just announce that he was leaving, Strictly Come Dancing. He summoned the world's media to a press conference. They were live on Sky Television and Jeremy Paxman was there. Peter Mandelson issued a ministerial statement about it all. And Hazel Blair stepped in. I mean, John Sargent, he used to come on the news quiz occasionally in the old days. He went off and thought he could better himself. (laughs) And uh, and, um, thought he could do it by playing the Giddy Goat on this dance programme, which he then did. And as he put it, it was a joke that got out of hand. Say that again.
3: I think uh, Francis and I should resign because there is a danger that we might win this programme.
4: (laughs) (laughs) I didn't understand why the judges got so cross about somebody who patently wasn't very good at dancing, turning out not to be good at dancing. They got very aggressive. I think, you know, as a retaliatory measure, we should cast the judges in something outside their comfort zone, you know, like uh, strictly nuclear physics.
5: <laughs>
4: you know, have them all out there, you know, with Stephen Hawking as a judge, you know, <laughs> say, Bruno, your calculus stinks. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I quite like people trying things that they've never tried before. I mean, I think John Sargent dancing, we had Penny Smith singing, Jackie Smith trying to run the home office. I think this <laughs>
3: <laughs> It to it turned a wee bit nasty on strictly It Takes Two, the Claudia Winkleman programme. Oh, my sh- heavens,
0: you have watched all oh of yes. those things. <laughs>
3: I make no bones about it. And since this is being recorded, I am sky plusing it as we speak. <laughs> But uh, Sherry Lungie's partner, James Somney, he was quite angry about it and he said that John Sargent had timed his resignation to make the whole series about John Sargent. Oh, God, I've lost them. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know, I feel we've reached a new low on the programme.
4: (laughs) John Sargent was definitely going to win, though, because let's face the facts. If you're casting a vote and you've got two choices, you can either vote for the best dancer... Or you can vote to annoy Arlene Phillips. That,
5: <laughs> yes, that is a
4: no-brainer, isn't it? I mean, it'd be great to be producing the next series, wouldn't it? And sit Arlene down and tell her who the celebs are. Be well, Stephen Hawking. Isn't yeah, it? Stephen. <laughs> Hawking. <laughs>
3: Stephen Hawking, John Prescott, um, Sooty. <laughs> I I don't want it off because uh, I've got a proposal in at uh, BBC Scotland for strictly Scottish country dancing. <laughs> Me and Kirsty Wark. There is a problem with Scottish country dancing, though. What?
4: Which is the quality of the calling.
6: Is it a calling? Is it like a vocation? (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: Yes, this is the biggest story of the week. Not Cameron's spending U-turn or the health of children in Haringey, but something far more important. Uh, John Sargent has quit Strictly Come Dancing. He has apparently irritated judges by remaining popular with the public. Um, Much like hanging. Uh, People who voted for Sergeant last week will get their money back, but people who actually watched the show will lose that hour of their lives forever. (laughs) Two points there to Francis. Fred, now I want you to be very careful not to upset Peter Hitchens of the Mail on Sunday, who attacked the news quiz for its unchecked leftist propaganda. Yeah, it makes it sound like we need a cloakroom. Would you like to check your leftist propaganda? (laughs) Anyway, who's furious about a leak?
3: This is uh, the British National Party. A disgruntled member downloaded something like 13,500 names onto the internet. But if you have got an idle few minutes, may I suggest you download it? <laughs> because it makes for interesting reading because uh, it's on Excel, so you, you get this massive spreadsheet and then you can just scroll down and you press your mouse button and it scrolls down and you get sort of East Sussex and Eastbourne and then it gets to Essex and what you do then is you just put a weight on the scroll button on your mouse <laughs> and you go off and watch a rerun of The Great Escape, <laughs> take your wife out for a three-course meal, come back, just as it moves on to fochabers and Forrest. It, I did this, and uh, oh, the trouble we've had in the Macaulay household because my wife, being the very organised lady that she is, she has started doing the Christmas card list, <laughs> which we have on Excel. And I got a call from her today saying, "How many
2: new friends have you got?" <laughs> There was a BNP man on the television news who was very angry about the leak and said, it's appalling that people are being victimised just for their political views. And His exact words, he said, we're living in a fascist state. <laughs> I thought, well, you could try and look a bit pleased about it. <laughs> He he said there are children's names on this list and it's quite improper that these should be posted because these are people who have family membership. It turns out it's like the National Trust. You pay 40 quid (laughs) and you can get family membership for all the family, including your children. They formed out of a split in the National Trust.
3: (laughs) (laughs) um, One one of them said that it had been a PR disaster for them. And I was thinking, yeah, just when it was all going so well.
4: Well, they've been doing this... I didn't realise they'd been doing this big hearts and minds thing in Stoke. They've decided to go around and offer themselves up as community workers. They were ringing on people's doors and saying, can we mow your lawn? And you think, I'm not sure I'd let the BMP mow my lawn. You come
3: back and the grass has been cut in the shape of a swastika. (laughs) (laughs) I feel that I should confess that I am a member of the National Trust. (laughs)
6: My girlfriend's a member of the Royal Horticultural Society. No. Yeah, but it's, uh, no, they <laughs> they will be upset. They'll complain about the programme, and they'll say, they'll say, oh, "Imagine if the kind of things that are said about us, imagine if they were said about blacks and Muslims." And that's like paedophiles saying, "Well, how would children feel if they were on the sex offenders register?" <laughs>
0: The BNP are trying to um, reposition themselves as a serious political party. I mean, demonstrating that they're just as capable of losing personal data. <laughs> well, a list of the entire membership of the BNP has been leaked online and contains the names of police officers, soldiers and teachers. The BNP will be using the Human Rights Act to protect the identities... <laughs> and you don't have to write jokes, really, do you? And, um... <laughs> will be using the Human Rights Act to protect the identities of its members despite the BNP being against the European legislation. Good lord Nazis not in favour of going into Europe. (laughs) (laughs) Two points to Fred. Jeremy who has vowed to put an end 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 to spend spend spend
6: Oh the Tories have gone weird. They've just buckled. They can't cope. It's the the double act of Darling and Brown, sort of good jock, bad jock routine. (laughs) The Tories have just buckled. They just can't manage, and they've just regressed and reverted to 80s conservatism. And you look at Osborne, and I hate to mock people for their their social background, but you know that Osborne is a man for whom everything has always gone perfectly in his whole life. It's all been handed to him on a silver platter. And then something goes slightly out of whack, and he's just fallen to bits, and he can't cope...
0: (laughs) It is the first time, I think, for ages, there's an actual policy difference between the two parties. I think I preferred it when it came down to who had the least frightening smile, I think. <laughs> <laughs>
6: Osborne's in such a panic, he's having elocution, reverse elocution lessons. Yes because he's got this marvellously posh voice, a proper posh voice. He doesn't do that sort of um, consonant-free, floppy, public school cockney like Peaches Geldof and Tony Blair, like... Oh, 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 oh. He doesn't do that. <laughs> he's, he's like proper old-fashioned public school. Good evening, Ken and Fodder, we are the ruling class. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so because he's got consonants, he, when he is taught to speak cockney, it will sound like a 1930s RADA-trained actor who's learnt Cockney and PMQs will be like, right honourable gentleman more like right to perish no, Mr Speaker Governor
5: <laughs> what's, what's worrying
6: I think is that according to the
4: polls people are prepared to back Brown as Prime Minister while things are bad but the moment that things are alright they would ditch him For Cameron, so we've now, for the first time in our history, got a Prime Minister who has got a huge vested interest (laughs) in keeping things as crappy as possible. Which I think he's probably got a gift for, so he'll be all
0: right. (laughs) David Cameron has dropped his pledge to match Labour's spending plans from 2010, claiming they were unsustainable and will lead to tax rises later. Cameron hopes to position the Tories as the party of economic responsibility by cutting public spending, reducing corporation tax, and removing George Osborne's vocal cords. <laughs> uh, two points for Jeremy. And at the end of round one, the scores are exactly level at four points each. two with a cutting from the BBC News website.
1: Civic dignitaries will no longer throw coins to children at an annual fair, after a risk assessment by St Ives Town Council said it could result in injury. Councillors voted to drop or roll the coins instead, but Mayor Ian Dobson said, I don't think I'm actually going to roll them. I may drop them, and I'll carry on tossing
6: gently. (laughs) You dirty cow.
0: (laughs)
4: It's going to be that kind of evening, let's
0: go. <laughs> Can I just say, we saved that cutting, especially for Charlotte. <laughs> uh, Francis, who has been burned by their outrageous demands? Oh, not Liam Burned, Byrne. yes. He's a
2: funny little fellow, he's isn't he? Extraordinary. He's extraordinary. I think he's now the Cabinet Office Minister. <clears throat> He's a very weird chap. About two years ago, I got a message from him. I'd never even heard of him until then. And I got this message from his private office, whichever ministry, I think it was health at the time, saying, Liam Byrne wants to meet you for breakfast. No explanation why. I said, why? And they said, well, he'll tell you when he sees you. So I agreed to do it. And then when the day arrived, I got a message from them saying, the minister can't make it, it's cancelled, he'll be in touch to arrange it again soon. So I've been on tent-hooks ever since. know. Um, and now uh, this wonderful 11-page memo has leaked. He wrote to staff, and this was two years ago, before he was even in the Cabinet. It's called Working with Liam Byrne. He gave it to all his civil servants, saying, I am a caffeine addict. I need a cappuccino when I come into the office, an espresso at 3pm, and soup at half-past 12. He thinks soup is coffee. <laughs>
0: surely a mistake to be a complete tosser and ask for a cappuccino. I cannot think of a drink that's easier to conceal spittle in.
5: <laughs> but
4: also, he was sending this to civil servants, wasn't he? And I bet, you know, civil servants, they get this working with Liam Byrne, all these, and they'll be thinking, yep,
2: you won't be here next year. <laughs> <laughs> he
0: had all these... I mean, strict requirements about how his papers were to be arranged. And ev- yeah. Every
2: memo that's sent to him has to be set in 16-point type. Well, George Bush had a similar
0: thing. They had to be crayon-side up, I think. <laughs>
4: I mean, the memo did read a little bit like a treatise on mental illness. Didn't it? <laughs> it, was, it was very obsessive. I mean, anybody that insecure about the exact arrival of their cappuccino time, I mean, probably shouldn't be out in public. I mean... <laughs>
0: We should
6: start putting in some requests, do you think, for doing the show? Yeah. A cup of tea would be nice. The idea of breakfast meeting, I'd I'd just turn up sort of in my wife once in a dressing gown and say, have you got any cereal? But it's it's probably a bit more high-powered than that, isn't it?
4: I don't like him now, though, because he mucked Francis about over there. I think think we should email him, invite him to breakfast, and then not turn up ourselves. (laughs)
0: Cabinet Minister Liam Byrne was left red-faced this week after an 11-page document listing how his staff should treat him was leaked to the press. The document is entitled Working with Liam Byrne and follows other government pamphlets, resigning with Peter Mandelson... (laughs) ..resigning again with Peter Mandelson. And what lapse of judgement will it be this time, Lord Mandelson? Uh, Gordon Brown has a similar manual for staff. It just says, please give me a chance. (laughs) Two points to Francis. Jeremy, which political leader has gone Caracas?
6: Oh, um, Hugo Chavez. Who doesn't realise that Hugo is a fantastically posh name for a revolutionary leader? Um, <laughs> but Hugo Chavez in Venezuela. One thing he's doing with his opponents is not that authoritarian. Instead of arresting them and sort of banging them up and torturing, them, he's bugging them. But then he is playing their embarrassing indiscretions on the telly. <laughs> on his, on his... <laughs> is isn't really the mark of a dictator. I mean, yes, he shouldn't be bugging them, but they, you see, that's what Brown should be doing with his opponents, He's bugging Cameron Osborne and saying, have you met any paupers? I don't think so. I think the bin man might be a pauper, but I keep my distance. I think they have got scabies or something like that. <laughs> and just put it on the telly. But he
0: isn't just um, broadcasting these things as they were. He's adding comic sounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
6: for comic effect, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and little animations and things. Is oh, that... yeah, he's playing around. He's being creative what, with it.
3: What's the show called Is it Hugo Chavez TV burp?
0: It it is kind of like that, and I I, I do think it's an appalling thing to do, and certainly we would never do anything like that in this country, but if we did, it would sound like this.
2: Today is the ninth anniversary of Tony Blair coming to power, and I want to talk to you straight about what's going on in our country. That means building on what Labour have got right as well as changing what they've got wrong. (laughs)
0: There's so many political broadcasts that would have been so much better if Neville Chamberlain had come back and said, peace in our time, and someone had gone... (laughs) 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 Ah, In the run-up to elections, Venezuelan President Hugo Chavez has been broadcasting wiretapped conversations of his political rivals enhanced with cartoon sound effects. Actually, a lot of uh, party political broadcasts could be enhanced by sound effects. There's that one where... Uh, John Major went to Brixton and said, It's still there, which would have benefited from the sound of gunshots ricocheting off the car (laughs) roof. Nick Clegg, the leader of the Liberal Democrats, has already granted Chavez complete access to anything he says in the hope that someone somewhere might broadcast it. (laughs) Uh, So two points to Jeremy. Andy, who has demanded the right to make a right royal Charlie of himself?
4: Is this Prince Charles saying that he wants to speak out as it king? Is, yeah. You know, because when he's king it's not like he'll have privileged access to anything. Well I have to say I got a bit fed up because last week was his sixtieth birthday, wasn't it? My brother turned sixty last year. We had a nice party. Prince Charles had two twenty one gun salutes, a comedy gala at a big theatre, a banquet, and a one and a half hour documentary in prime time on BBC One. Or some brother you are. (laughs) (laughs) What a palaver. He's just a number. He turned 60. Big deal. You know, it should have been a pair of socks. No, and and he he said that he wants to be able to speak out on political matters, but, of course, that will raise great constitutional issues. And his mum, called, bless her, has been a beacon of continuity and stability because she knows to keep her trap shut. (laughs) I say that in the most respectful way, (laughs) Mum. And anyway, she's got Philip as an outlet, hasn't she? (laughs) I've always suspected that really, her views, she kind of siphons them through Philip. Philip, see something rude about the Indians. uh." (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's her way round it, isn't it? (laughs) Can't do it. It would destabilise democracy. would <laughs> <laughs> oh, mystery. Yeah, I quite like them. Um, but Charles is saying. You do
0: the whole royal
6: family?
4: <laughs> <laughs> I don't really do the royal family. I do what everybody else does when they impersonate the male members of the it royal family. It was incredible. Clench your
6: jaw. <laughs> <laughs> it's marvellous. It's, it's as though you're in the room. I know. <laughs>
0: Well, this is the thing, I was trying to work this out, because if his mother lives as long as his grandmother did, he will be mm. 79 yeah. by the time he gets a job, at which point all he'll be doing is muttering, I like biscuits. And, <laughs> <laughs> what did the... I come in here for?
4: He's yeah. <laughs> got the world record, hasn't he, for the he's the longest-serving heir now, I think. No-one no else has waited this long for power without killing Just their parents. <laughs> <laughs>
0: They so were talking about the various names that he might use as uh, king. He could be Charles the Third. Apparently he could also opt, inexplicably change his name, yeah. uh, to George the VII. Or possibly Ethel read the I've been ready for bloody ages. <laughs> 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 Prince Charles wants the role of the monarch changed to allow him to speak his mind... Currently, the Queen meets with the Prime Minister once a week. He apprises her of the state of the country and important political matters, and she offers him a chocolate hobnob and a tip for the 230 at Haydock Park. <laughs> <laughs> Prince Charles's views were passed on through his friend Jonathan Dimbleby. Under British constitutional arrangements, when a reigning Dimbleby dies, another <laughs> another one succeeds him as presenter of question time. <laughs> Two points to, uh, to Andy there. And I can tell you at the end of round two, the scores are still level with eight points each. <clears throat> before we start round three, here is a bit of window dressing displayed in the Cambridge University Press Bookshop.
1: Green bags, available in six colours.
0: <laughs> and our thanks to Sarah MacDonald of Cambridge for sending us that. Francis, who doesn't give a 4X about Xmas?
2: About an so uh, 4X, I thought it was going to be this Australian film. It, it is? Australians? We
0: know.
2: It's, uh, it says here, oh, it's something to do with the Navy. Um, yes. He knows,
0: Do you want to give Fred knows. time to
3: write the whole no, thing out? No, Fred, for you. just speak it. I'm <laughs> thinking a long holiday over Christmas the Australian Navy. No, so I'll, I'll two months. They're having
6: two months off. Mm-hmm. But all that the Australian Navy does, it doesn't go out fighting Somali pirates, which I just want to know if Somali pirates go, ah in Somali. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Why couldn't they just pick on someone of their own size? If only in the summer they'd gone to the Aegean and nicked uh, Deripaska's boat when Osborne and Mandelson were on board, <coughs> then we'd see how tough these bloody pirates are <laughs> up against, <laughs> against Mandelson. It'd be like Peter Pan and Wendy taking on Captain Hook. <laughs> <laughs> lovely. LAUGHTER all Mandelson has to say is, I know where you live. And <laughs> thing... Please, please, not that. He'd but see them off. All the Australian Navy
6: does is try and stop immigrants from getting to Australia, which is a bit bloody rich, isn't it? And you see, Australia trying to stop immigrants its the size of Europe and has a population the size of Seven Oaks. <laughs> and still, it's Fortress Australia.
0: Did you not think it was odd, though? I mean, two months off, if you're planning to be defenceless for two months, why would you make that the subject of a press release? <coughs> if there is a Somali pirate ship that gets the Guardian delivered, there's going to be a whole heap of trouble. Right? <laughs> Did you know that the Australian Navy has only got enough submariners to operate half of its six submarines?
5: That'll
0: be three. <laughs> it's the accountant in you, Fred. You he can't help but it coming
5: out. can't resist
3: it.
0: Uh, The Australian Navy has been given a two-month Christmas break. Australia, or New Zealand's West Island, as it'll be known after the invasion, (laughs) wants a family-friendly service. The Australian Defence Minister Joel Fitzgibbon said he also wants to help... I like this bit. ..Navy personnel work from home. (laughs) work from home what do, do? what do you do sit in the bath with a
5: rifle
0: <laughs> uh, Australian sailors have a fearsome reputation and since World War II have sunk nearly 12 billion tinnies <laughs> I going to give you one point for that Francis. I don't think it was a fulsome answer uh, Fred who should cut off their nose to enhance their face
3: is this yet another survey yep good
0: Oh, sorry, two points to Fred there. I apologise for paying full attention.
3: It's women like the look of a man if he's got a facial scar, in preference to somebody that hasn't got a facial scar, if they're looking for a brief relationship. Okay. But it's multiple choice. Uh, Did you find the person with a scar on his face more attractive? Attractive? Maybe attractive after ten Bacardi Breezers? (laughs) We didn't touch them with a the barge pole. We didn't touch them with your barge pole. <laughs> I think that there was a similar survey for men on a website, hasitgotapulse.com.
5: <laughs> um,
3: <laughs> they showed blokes pictures of naked women and said, Did you find the one with the scar on her face more or less attractive? And they said, What face? <laughs>
6: Was it? Did they show pictures of the same man with or without the scars? I think
3: they must have done that, yeah.
6: Or maybe they just got a bloke and said, here he is, without scars, <laughs> then slashed his face with a standing <laughs> Oh <on. laughs> like, Ooh, yeah. Uh, it
4: was Harrison Ford, wasn't it? They said he was proof of it. Yeah. But it seems to me that, surely, in most women's mind, they'll be going, it's Indiana Jones! I mean, the scar is... Secondary. Where is his scar, anyway? I've never noticed he has a scar.
0: I've never examined Allison him Fordler. that closely.
6: <laughs> Someone's pointing at their chin, he's got a scar on it. Isn't it just a dimple? That's Kirk Douglas, the chin dimple.
0: That does look odd, that, that Kirk Douglas one looked like he'd leaned on a pencil for years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no. Michael's got it as well, so the pencil's obviously been handed down <laughs> through the <bank. laughs> to psychologists at the Universities of Liverpool and Stirling, Facial scars make men more attractive to women. Men with facial scars are seen as dangerous. So are unlicensed minicab drivers. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't want to fling with one. Um, so Two points there to Fred. Andy, where has now be very careful with this story. Where has womankind had one small slip? Oh!
5: Yeah, yeah.
4: In space nobody can hear you flounder. Uh, yeah. R- all right, Sandy. Well, how can I put this? Yeah. A woman astronaut did a slightly, you know, if you were going to go down that cliched, caricatured path. Out uh, with it, Andy. The daft girly dropped her bag.
5: <laughs> <laughs> That's
4: what happened. She was up there, she was multi-skilling, she was probably on the phone to her friends, <laughs> making some kind of list, and uh, she forgot she was in space, she had a big bag of tools, off they went. She was, oh, my Lord, oh God, could someone get that for me? Uh, oh, no, I'm in space on my own, I can't. But at
6: least she didn't, you know, the rocket didn't set off with her bag on the roof of the rocket. <laughs>
4: She didn't make them go back for it, did she? <laughs> she didn't say, if you love me, you'd go back for the tool. Uh,
0: the newspapers have predictably had a field day after astronaut Heidi-Marie Stephenschen-Piper let her tool bag drift away during a spacewalk to fix a solar panel on the International Space Station. Can I just- say all those sexist checks in the paper were really unfair. This is a highly trained astronaut who happened to lose a bag containing very sophisticated tools, okay? Now, admittedly, she went out to the solar mirrors to check her lipstick, but I don't think that is (laughs) I don't think she'd have ever left the space shuttle unless she'd needed directions after the male astronauts were too embarrassed to ask the way. (laughs) Before we reveal the final scores, let's hear the cuttings that the teams have brought along Mr Ween.
2: Sandy, Andrew Skinner has very kindly provided me with this from the Oxford Times. An 18-year-old man appeared at Oxford Crown Court on Monday charged with causing grievous bodily harm. Ian Mulligan of Elm Terrace, Littlemore, was granted bail until the 5th of January on condition that he lives in Glasgow. (laughs) Fred. This has been
3: sent in by Ms. Kathleen Barber from Suffolk and she spotted in the paper, Breaking and Entering, a teenager in Adelaide, Australia, was arrested after smashing glass on a front door to break into the premises. This was a relatively easy job for the officers, as the building he had broken into was the police station. (laughs) Andy. This
4: is from Richard O. Smith, and it is the title of a standard textbook for students. The front cover of the book is entitled Business Ethics, but then emblazoned with bright red letters under the title Not for sale in the United States. (laughs)
0: Look at the final score, Francis and Fred have got 11 points, but this week's winners are Jeremy and Andy with 12. <laughs> and before we leave you, here is a cutting from a recent South Buckinghamshire District Council newsletter sent in by John Rossetti.
1: South Buckinghamshire District Council would like to advise that the official opening of the refurbished all weather area at Everham Sports Centre has been cancelled due to inclement weather.
0: <laughs> and with that, goodbye. Uh, uh. Taking
1: part in the news quiz were Francis Wheen, Fred McCauley, Jeremy Hardy, and Andy Hamilton. In the chair was Sandy Toxvig, and the news is read by me, Charlotte Green. The chair script was written by Simon Littlefield, Roderick Crooks, and Danielle Ward, with additional material by Stephen Carlin and James Sherwood. The producer was Victoria Lloyd.
0: To listen again to any of our comedies on Radio 4, please go to bbc.co.uk slash radio4 comedy.